Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. Staying on top of your mental health is hard enough, but when you have a bun in the oven, your hormones are sent into overdrive. Diane Zalitas is a midwife and clinical lead of Pregnancy, Birth and Baby, a National Australian Government service providing support and information for expecting parents. Hi, Diane. How are you? I'm good, Siobhan. Thank you. What are some of the common mental health concerns for women during pregnancy? Okay, so some of the things that really... Um, can become challenging for women during pregnancy are things like um, managing your work relationships and finances, and they really add to just the overall anxiety and stress that comes with life and pregnancy. Um, there are a lot of emotional changes, and some of those are really normal. So it's been quite normal to have really mixed emotions, particularly in that first trimester. It could be crying at the drop of a hat, and that can continue <laughs> yes. all the way through, and you might think, oh, I'm really losing the plot here. Um, but anxiety... If, if you've got anything that's lasting longer than two weeks, particularly signs of anxiety and depression, um, then that's something that's of a concern. And obviously, and there are some women who already have these um, mental health conditions as well when they become pregnant. So it's really important to speak to your doctor and be aware that pregnancy adds an extra layer of complexity on if you already have um, mental health um, issues. And when you say pregnancy adds another layer, is it um, the chemical stuff that's going on in your body with the hormones or is it the uh, practical sense of being pregnant and the stresses that can come from that like you said in terms of finances and what's going to happen once the baby comes those sorts of things it, it is both of those things um, there is the hormonal changes the changes going on in your body how it feels like it's um, with your first pregnancy, or it just—it can be just a real shock to your system, kind of how your body will actually feel, and the hormones will have a big impact on that. We don't necessarily know why it always happens or happens for women, but then you do have—you have all of these other life anxieties and stresses that really can ramp it up, and um, things, the financial stresses and and concerns about how that's going to go. A lot of um, you know, things that people do in their lives, like buy houses and move and all, on all kinds of bits and pieces. <laughs> yeah, not and, a good idea to do that. And and other things, there are some other things that pop up. So, you know, your relationship with your mum, if you don't have your mum anymore, being away from family, it can be quite interesting what will suddenly be come out during pregnancy that you've been sailing through life managing fine, but now these, these relationships are shifting and you're... You can feel you, quite you, vulnerable, can't yes. you? Yeah, you can. When it comes to mental health, most people are much more aware these days and most medical professionals are, but sometimes you can find yourself trying to get help and you're not getting the response you may have expected. Um, what should mothers be, you know, pregnant women be thinking as they go into a GP? If they're not feeling quite right, how do they know they're getting the right support? I guess it really comes down to some of the things you've already said. Do you feel safe? Do you feel supported? Do you feel that you can talk openly about your fears um, and your feelings and ask questions? Um, and for the, for most people who work in this space all of the time, they're not going to judge you. In fact, they're actually expecting, half in many ways expecting to hear from you that it's like this. Um, and the, the child health nurses and the midwives, um, so during pregnancy and after pregnancy, are actually going to ask you, 
and there are a series of questions at times during that. They're going to ask you how you're going and, and you know, are actually looking and screening you for these, these type of things. Um, but if you don't feel that you're getting the support you need, um, then you, then please see someone go else. see someone else. You actually, you know, you, you wouldn't, um, it's funny, you wouldn't take your car to a mechanic you didn't like, didn't do a good job with it, but you keep taking your body and yourself off to see someone and you're not happy with the service. Like you, go, go, you can, if it, assuming of course there is other options for you to go to. And I know that, you know, across the, the country, that's not necessarily the case. Um, but source, but there's also phone supports as well. So maybe that person may not have the skill set. Um, so there are phone supports like Panda, people that you can ring up and you can talk it through. I was listening to you talking about that and I was taking myself back to when I was asked those questions when I had my baby. I'm not sure if everyone would be this way, but I know there was part of me who, even if I was struggling, I didn't want anyone else mm. to know. Um, how can women get over that? Because it's very, I would think that I'm very self-aware and that I'm very open to talking about mental health issues. But when it came to me being the one who potentially would be seen as not coping with um, pregnancy, I, I don't know that I would, would have been quick to put my hand up. I know. I think there are there are kind of two elements to that or a couple of elements to that, I think. I think we feel we still have this picture that's heavily promoted in media of what is perfect and what is therefore normal around pregnancy and being a mum and that is that you can do all this stuff you can look wonderful and be immaculate and always be happy and smiling and it's just this wonderful thing and it's not <laughs> no, I mean it I is wonderful but it's 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 hard there are layers there's layers of it and it's hard and it's challenging and it's like for some people it's hideous and and not a good experience and so but and I and I think often whether it's with your mental health or your physical health sometimes you don't you're not always the person to recognize that you need the help and that might be why you don't always put your hand up for it so when you're really unwell it's hard for you to see that you're unwell but your partner can or your family can or your friends can and it's really important that that circle around you go okay this isn't her behavior is not normal I don't think she's traveling okay and they make the phone call or they go with you to the doctor and they bring it up for you on your behalf and be your be your advocate um, because sometimes you're in it so deep you can't see it enough to speak about it, if that makes some sense. Yeah, definitely. And, of course, we're much more aware of how these things can impact men as mm -hmm. well. Does depression in men increase when they're preparing for fatherhood? It does. It does. It happens sort of one in, one in 20 men will have anxiety and depression during pregnancy and one in 10 after the baby's born. Um, and so it's... and. And the problem for, for, for men and, and for expecting dads is they're not in the system, if you like, like the pregnant woman is. They're not, well, they may be going off to visits and checks, but that's still all focused on her and the baby. A little bit on him, but generally not. And so he's a little bit um, out of that, that loop. And that, so he can really be, from his mental health, a little bit marginalised in this whole process. So it's really important that everybody kind of be aware that it can happen for him. And if it's happening for both of them, and it, it's not one causes the other, but again, it's this huge change in your life, huge change. And I think um, 
while people know a baby's a big change coming, I think that the level of that is really a shock and can be really hard to prepare for. And it, and yeah. when you're still pregnant and expecting, there is so much unknown. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, oh, everything's going to change and we're not going to have an income, we're only going to have one income, mm-hmm. but you still really don't know until the baby's there and even weeks and months afterwards. So that can be kind of anxiety-inducing in itself, can't well, it? Well, it certainly can. And it's one thing to know at an academic level what it is coming. It's a whole other thing to know it from an experiential level and to be kind of in there living it and doing it. And, you know, there's a lot you can do to prepare yourself and to think about. Um, but the... The, you know, the, the fatigue that comes with a new baby and the sleepless nights or broken sleep um, and how that impacts you. It's, it's um, unless you have a few practice runs and it's... it's why would you? Why would you? Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. It's just so hard to, to kind of know how you're going to respond to that physically and mentally. Yeah. So um, do you have any tips on how people can try and um, mediate that sort of fear and anxiety that may come up during pregnancy? I think um, certainly when I've um, go to child, I think childbirth classes and there's lots of different options out there through your hospital and other private ones. I think one of the really important things to do, and I've, I've taught lots of childbirth classes, is spend some time yourself with your partner, jot down some notes, just really think about from labour, from birth, from having this baby, what are the things you're fearful of that you're anxious about and just kind of, and then find a way to work on those. What helps you relax to get through this? 50% of everything that goes on in labour and birth is going on in your head and there's stuff that's going to come up from your past. If you know, I mean, you may not know it's there and it might be, and but you can still seek some help around that. But also think about the practicalities of life at home with a baby. Talk about you know, how you're divvying up some of those homework roles. If, you know, who's, and and your partner may well be once there, if they're having some paternity leave or maternity leave, then they're going to go back to work. Who's going to do kind of what? Line up some help. If people come to visit you, ask them to do, give them jobs, even if it's like laundry, like all of that kind of stuff. And give yourself, give yourself permission for this to be all about you and your baby. Yeah. And nothing else, okay? You don't have to have the house clean. You don't have to be going out anywhere. You sleep when your baby sleeps, but give yourself permission. And, and it may take a good six weeks before you get through that. But if if you um, allow it to be what it is and give yourself permission to be in that space, that can help a lot. Diane, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you. That's Diane Zalitas. She's a midwife and clinical lead of pregnancy, birth and baby, a government service providing support and information for expecting parents and parents of children from birth to five years of age. And for more other useful resources, check out the links in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Debbie Ning and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. We'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.